Hello, hello, and welcome back to Freedom Revamp, the podcast. It's your girl, Deshaun, and I am joined by the one and the only Courtney. Courtney, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. I Now, it is always that we get the pleasure to be with our founder and CEO, but we get to join her today and join forces with someone else. So, Courtney, why don't you go ahead and segue us into that? Yes, well, first, I'm super excited to be here on the podcast today. And today we have Jada of the Self Love Addict podcast joining us. So I am super excited to have her here today. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, we love. Okay. <laughs> so, Jada, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your podcast. Hey, guys. I am 26 years young. I am a digital brand specialist. And my podcast, okay, so growing up, like, I, obviously, I'm a creative. I'm in branding and stuff and brand design, so that takes a lot of creative energy. Um, that creative energy wasn't received too well as a child, and growing up, um, I used to cut up, like, my clothes and make new outfits. I used to piss my mom off because she would be like, I buy you all these nice clothes. You just cut them up. But I'm like, Mom, I'm creating. And... It just it weighed on me really hard, and I had several, like, mental and emotional breakdowns regarding my self-love just because, you know, when you go through that and then you're a kid and you're just growing up and you don't feel like you really fit anywhere in the world, it, it can, like, mess with your mental a lot. And it wasn't until after I had those break breakdowns, came to God, and just really had to look at myself and say, you know what, you were born to stand out. And then that's when he gave me the self-love addict. And then after that, I just kept going. And here we are. <laughs> well, awesome, Jada. We want to thank you for your obedience to God and your gifts. Um, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, this is my first, like, normally I'm interviewing other people. This is my first time being a guest. <laughs> so well, welcome to the party. You are so welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, so we won't waste any time. You already know how we do things here on the Freedom Revamped podcast. We always have to ask to go ahead and get things kicked off. How do you define freedom, Jada? Freedom is like, it's like, it's not a, a real definition. It's a feeling for me. It's that I don't have to think. I'm just here. That's a different type of freedom. It's like being able to go to the restaurant and just order whatever you want off the menu. But then it's also like being able to call your friend and just say whatever comes to mind. And you don't have to worry about anything. It's that you don't have to worry about, can I pay this? It's You don't have to worry about, oh, well, maybe they'll think this. You don't have to worry about like, oh, well, maybe my outfit says, sends the wrong message. It's literally the freedom like there are no rules no boundaries nothing holding you back you can literally show up and exist wholeheartedly and completely as yourself no repercussions I love it now our founder Courtney makes it plain that freedom is a practice and it's something that we have to practice either on a daily basis or a weekly basis however we see fit in our journeys so how do you go about practicing freedom you know, that's an interesting question because I I feel like I learn new things about freedom every day. Just like how I said, like, it's, it's wholeheartedly showing up as yourself. It's learning how to do that, you know? And a lot of times that means setting boundaries. It means getting rid of relationships that don't serve me. Like, it means sticking to my prices as a business owner and owning the fact that I'm qualified to charge this much. 
it's so many ways to show freedom in my everyday life. Like it's the days when I just say, F it, I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to sleep today. And I know that I have stuff to do, but I'm tired and I need to go to bed. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All of that. Like (laughs) the little things really make up the freedom in your everyday life. Cause when you are on your deathbed and you're looking back, like you'll realize you lived freely with the little things you did, not with the big monumental decisions you made, you know? Absolutely. And along with the concept of freedom being a practice today, we're going to be discussing why self-love is important to a freedom journey. Mm -hmm. And when I was first looking at this topic, immediately I was like oh my gosh this is going to be a good conversation because there's so much that goes along with this journey toward freedom and also a journey toward self-love and these are two paths that kind of run parallel if you look at it so I'm super excited to dive into this conversation so we're just going to open it open up the floor and we're going to go ahead and define self-love so whoever wants to go first let's go ahead and just define what self-love is for us both I think for me, self-love is actually really similar to my um, definition of freedom in the sense that I show up as myself, not caring what other people think. And I take the time to learn myself and understand myself and just love every part of myself, even the parts that might seem bad, because ultimately those parts make me who I am. I totally agree with that. And, you know, I'll go a step further to say that the exact definition you just gave is God's definition of love for us. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I think of when I think of self-love. Like, oftentimes people think of God's love and they think about loving other people, loving a family, loving their lover, and they forget about themselves. But you should also love yourself the way God loves you. And that means unconditionally. So whatever you do, that's bad. You got to love that, too. Like, that's part of you. And even though you might have to work on it or grow from certain experiences, it doesn't mean that that part of you doesn't deserve love. It just means that you have to love that part of yourself as you grow, you know? So I definitely agree with that definition wholeheartedly. Yes. Absolutely. I think for me, self-love has taken on many definitions um, throughout my life, kind of how we talk about how freedom has, um, it changes definition as we journey. But I think the main thing that kind of runs is a running theme is this idea that like we love ourselves ugly, good and bad, beautiful, whatever the case may be, every part of ourselves, loving every part of yourself. Um, I'm a person who's really big on self-awareness and like really diving into who I am. And there's a lot of parts that we look at and we're like, oh, my God, I'm I'm that way. Oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not that you have to... Um, be completely in love with every part that you discover about yourself, but it's loving yourself enough to give yourself grace as you're growing. So I think for me, um, self-love is about entering into a space where you can be comfortable with who you are and where you're at on your journey. Yes. Which brings to our next question, but go ahead, Jay. You got something to say? Yeah. I was about to say, when did you first have that feeling? Because I'm interested. You felt, you sounded real passionate. So I want to know, like, when did, when did (laughs) the light bulb switch? Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So the light bulb definitely switched on for me as soon as I finished grade school, which is crazy because I needed that in grade school, but I couldn't tap into it. Mm. Um, I think there's so much judgment when you're in grade school, like from people that you spend literally talk about it. Because- every 
day of your life with. Um, and they judge you on from what they can see. So it's a lot of perception based um, identifications of people. Like you show up to school, it's how you dress, what kind of book bag you have, mm-hmm. how you wear your hair. It's the little things that they try to define who you are as a whole. And sometimes we take on those definitions. And I think for me, I had taken on those definitions throughout my my grad like my grade school career that by the time I got to like adulthood, I was like, wait, I'm not those things. That's just what people mm. told me. This is who I really am. Or I'm not that person. That's just what people told me. This is who I really am. So the more that I started to see myself in a different space, mm-hmm. um, which in the, at that time was college, I was like, I am not those things, nor will I carry those things with me any longer. Um, I was really obsessed with my academia growing up. So I said this on pretty much every episode because it always seems to come up, but that was a big piece of like how I identified. Like I knew I could get all A's and B's. I knew I was going to get that honor roll. I knew I was going to be in beta club or by the time I got to college, I knew I was going to be on the Dean's list or president list or whatever the case may be. Cause that was something I could commit to, but that wasn't who I was. That was a part of who I like. It was a part of, what I was going through, a part of my journey, a part of my experience. But I was taking that on and identifying with it so much so that I was losing myself in these little egotistical things. Like, think about it. They base us off of A, B, C, D, and F, <laughs> like, as I'm we grow up. so happy you said that. I did the same thing. When I got my, I got my first C in college, it broke me. And then when Girl. I failed my first couple classes, like, I didn't know who I was at that point. I completely was, like, lost. Like, because I was, like, I went Greek in college. So, like, there was a whole period where I was just not passing my classes for reasons unknown. Um, (laughs) I feel you. But, like, it just completely took a toll on me because, like, I was, like, depressed. Like, if there was one thing I knew I could do was pass a class. Like, I I was the, I don't have to study. I, I got this. I was the, oh, I'll do my homework in the first 15 minutes of class, get it done, and get a 100. So, like, when that wasn't me anymore, I didn't know who I was after that. And I think that's what scared me. But I was like, you know what? This is a space where I get to define who I am. This is a different space. This is not not where I was before. You kind of, like, that's the crazy part about adulthood that they don't prepare us for. You kind of have to make a life for yourself. You make your assignments that you get your hundreds on. Right. Then you turn around and give yourself that 100. So it's a lot of work that goes into this regular structure that was created for us that then is dismantled so quickly. Like you walk across that stage, you turn that tassel, and then now it's on you. (laughs) So what you going to do? Like it's really really a game um, to play. But that brings me to the... The next question, which I, will kind of help me get some answers about the same thing from you ladies. Like, what are ways in which you began the process to truly loving yourself? Mm. For me, I think I first had to realize and accept that I was in a place that I didn't love myself. Like, social media can have us posting that we're happy, posting that, you know, our life is good. But at the end of the day, we get home and we start hating ourselves. So I think that was the first step. And then um, reading about ways in the Bible that God loves me, to me, that was um, a huge part in taking that step. Because it's like if the person who created the entire universe and all of its creatures and humans and 
grass and all of that can love me, then why can't I love myself? I don't think I really started paying attention, like actually paying attention into what it was that I was doing to love myself until last year. And I would say like just those self-care days. Like I've always, like like I said in the beginning, I'm a creative. Like I love doing creative things. So that means giving myself mani petties, doing my hair, things like that. But I didn't take it as a form of loving myself until I stopped doing it for like years at a time. While I was in college, I was not doing that. I was like going other places to get those things done if needed. But I didn't sit down and do it myself. And for me personally, it just hits different when I do it myself. Um, it just, it's my own hands rubbing in the lotion, my own hands painting my nails, my own hands doing my hair. Like those things by itself, just, I, my love language is physical touch. So when I do those things to myself, it really solidifies that moment of self-love with me. Like I'm taking the time to physically touch and be one with my own body and myself and be in that moment with me and check in with me and see what I'm doing and making myself look pretty at the same time. So absolutely, that was it. <laughs> I think a huge arc for me, like, so like I mentioned before, it all kind of started right when I was graduating high school that I was starting to learn, but there was a lot of insecurities that I was also overcoming as well. So I think the moment in which I really tapped into the process like, of truly loving myself was ironically when I was taking a clown class in college. So I, went to, <laughs> I know crazy, right? Yeah. So I went to college for theater and performance studies. And one of the classes that they offered within our curriculum was clowning one-on-one. <laughs> so I thought I was taking this class for, you know, just, Oh, this is going to be an easy 100. Cause again, I was an academic, like I knew I could do mm-hmm. it. I get in this class and it really turns a mirror on me because the thing about clowns is they don't speak. So a lot of their performance is with their body. So he started to teach us all these things and like basically was teaching, like giving us a process of rebirthing ourselves. Cause this is also at a time in which we're in college and we're learning who we are as adults. And we do this assignment and he get, he tells us to draw how we perceive ourselves. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So I draw this picture of how I perceive myself. And then like a week later, he's like, all right, draw a picture of how you think people perceive you. I draw the picture of how I think people perceive me. Then he gives us a page from last the week prior. And we put those pages next to each other. And I saw two completely different images. Mm. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was how critical I was of myself in my own perception Versus how critical I was when I was now depicting how I thought people saw me. Wow. And that bothered me. I was like, oh my gosh. And then we took that to like a text-based exercise and we did the same thing. How do you perceive yourself? And then he had our classmates do how they perceived us. And I put those back together. And again, it was me being so critical of myself that I was like, my goodness, I can't love myself like this. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is not fair to me that I am beating up myself because of like, why I might not look like someone or why I may not be as far along in my career as someone or why I might have gotten the C in this class or like you said I was I was Greek as well um I went through the process in college and that changed my academics as well so it was like oh my gosh there were so many things that I thought about myself that I'm being so critical of and I don't want to do that anymore 
So then I sat down and found the beauty in all of those things. And I was like, I love this about myself. Here's why. Or the things that I didn't like, if they were something I could change, then I thought about like, and that it wouldn't affect who I was as a person. Then I thought about ways to change them and made like intentional um, ways at which I can move toward that goal. But if it were things that I couldn't change or that honestly needed to leave, then I had to let those things go. Some of that was people. Some of that was mindsets. Some of that was my inability to be myself that was causing me to make choices I didn't want to make because I thought that people were going to receive me better, whatever the case may be. But that really journeyed me to loving myself because it was like, this is a space that I can be in with myself and that Mm -hmm. I can be honest with myself and that I can be transparent with myself and understanding like, where do I want to go next or who am I and what do I love about me? So that was how my journey kicked off. What do you guys think are some of the benefits that you've developed once you got a good sense of self-love? Honestly, not giving a fuck. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse my language, but I just have to say it. Like, that's the best thing that has ever happened in my life. Like, not caring and not really, like, really focusing on me so much that, like, whatever else is going on around me, okay, that's fine. I can react to it, but, like, I could also just worried about me like I can just worry about mm-hmm. me like I don't care about nothing <laughs> it's in a healthy way but honestly things don't even make me mad anymore like I don't even get upset anymore for real if you upset me you really got to go out your way to make me mad at this point because I don't care too much like I love me. I'm working on me. I'm growing me. I already had that moment where it was like, oh my God, nobody likes me. I'm all alone. All I have is God. Like, I already did that. I know I'm straight. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. And I feel that because that's my new space. Like, I literally identify with being fearfully and wonderfully made. And because I do, there's absolutely nothing else you can say to me. Because you I'm not cute. You can tell me I'm not cute and I won't believe it. Why? Because I'm beautiful. You're crazy. (laughs) Are you crazy? Are you looking at me for real? That's the question. Are you looking at me for real? You know what I'm saying? Or you could tell me that I'm not talented, but I know that that's a God-given gift. And again, it's undeniable. Like there are things about me now that I love so much that they're undeniable. Mm -hmm. You, You can't say anything to me that's going to change my mind because I'm so sure of myself now and I wasn't before. So I was then allowing people to dictate to me who I was, but now, uh-uh, now I have the facts here in front of me. So you said I was ugly, but right here it says I'm the bomb biggity. So, um, I don't know. Com. You on the wrong <laughs> website. We ain't on the right page. This is the page. Get on this page. That's he got that wrong four message. Okay. <laughs> but I think if I were going to say one of the benefits to developing a good sense of self-love, it has to be ironically freedom. Just mentioned that it really is all pun intended freedom. Like you get to do and be and feel genuinely who you are, and that is a great feeling. So, ironically, I don't have a better answer, but right, it's like a weight is lifted almost because you don't have to care about what other people say. Exactly. What about you, Courtney? What do you think some of the benefits to developing a good sense of self love are? Um, I honestly think purpose like when I didn't love myself I didn't believe that I had a purpose therefore I couldn't fulfill it 
now that mm. I love myself and I know my worth, it's like, okay, Courtney, you're clearly put on this earth for something. So go out, figure out what it is and do it. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is, of course, freedom and also purpose. I love that. One of the things that you said earlier, Courtney, segues into this next question. You brought up social media. So I want to know how do you think the world of social media has affected the ease of loving yourself? Like, it makes it a little bit hard. So how do you think that that um, has affected things? Mm, I think social media often makes us compare ourselves a lot, be it to someone who is in the same career field as us or someone who has what we think is a better looking body than us. I think it um, makes us compare ourselves a lot more than we would if social media wasn't there because it's like, Okay, say, for instance, you're an actress, Deshaun, and you see someone who might have went to school with you who gets a gig or an acting um, spot that you might have auditioned for. And then you're like, okay, what did I do wrong? What did what could I have done better? Is this even what I'm called to do? And we know that isn't the case for you. But for some people, that is what happens on social media. Absolutely. And I think that's in all areas of life. You definitely brought something up there with careers because immediately graduating college, I swear it's a real thing. I know some psychologists have it in a book somewhere, but post-college depression is a real thing. PCD. It's a real thing. You graduate, you think you're going to have everything together and then you don't. And then you get on social media and your friends are getting married and they're having kids and they're going to get their second and third degree and they work for this company or they just started their own company or whatever the case may be. And all of that becomes so overwhelming and it bombards you that you don't even give yourself enough space to grow into those Mm -hmm. arenas. So I think that that's what happened for me Um, until I got to a place where I developed what I call the mailman theory. Now, these all of these people are in my neighborhood. And they're getting their blessings and the mailman's dropping off their their blessings. And if and the one thing we know to be true about the mailman is if he drops off mail at your neighbor's house and he has mail in his sack for you, you're going to get yours next. So I am in a space where now I am clapping for my friends and I am proud to see my friends thrive because I know that the mailman's in the neighborhood and he's going to deliver my blessing. So it's it's less comparison for me now, but if if I sat here and told you that I didn't get on social media before and dread scrolling to see somebody else be successful and it, it sucked because I was like, oh, what is this about myself? I don't like that. Why are you acting like that, Deshaun? No, you need to be happy for this person. But it was just because I was in a, a space where I didn't see those same things happening for me and it did open up a, a bad smelling can of comparison. <laughs> And one thing I want to add to your like scenario is that the mailman runs every day. Absolutely. He runs every day. So if he doesn't drop it all guaranteed, it's going to come eventually because he's running every day. You better preach. Add to the theory. Talk to us, please. (laughs) What about you, Jada? How do you think the world of social media has affected the ease of loving yourself? Honestly, I feel like it's made it a little hard. Like, I I be tripping with myself. Like, I be scrolling through and see all these content creators be looking at their Instagram pages. I be like, oh, it's so cute. And I be looking back at my page. I'm like, it's a little dusty. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly how I be feeling. And it's not. But, like, I be feeling like that because 
the thing about life is, is there's always going to be somebody above you. There's always going to be somebody who's at the next level that you're not at. Something to always strive toward. And social media just puts a microscope on that. So, like, we already know that. But then, like, you get to see their waking life on that. So you get to watch their everyday process to being above you. And so now it's not like, oh, you're a goal of where I want to be. Your everyday life is now a goal of what my everyday life wants to be. And it forces people into these boxes that honestly, they don't exist because people don't put everything on social media. They just put the parts that they want to share. But when it's all put together and wrapped in a box so cute, it just looks like the whole person. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Absolutely. It definitely makes me compare myself to other people, but I'm actively changing my thought process on that. So like, for me, that looks like every time I have a negative thought, like, why can't my page look like that? It's like, "Mm, what can I do to make my page find its own Mm -hmm. identity? Yeah. Instead of why can't my page look like her page? I don't want to look like her page. This is my page. (laughs) I want to look like my page. Uh So what does my page look like for real? Not this. No, this is for play play. What is, what is the next level of my page look like? And like really framing my mindset to focus on growth and motivation instead of comparison. I love that. I think one thing that's kind of been mm-hmm. like threading itself through everyone's response is that we are aware of this, correct? So because we are aware, we can then operate in that yeah. awareness. So it's it's when you're scrolling and you're like, oh, she she thick. I ain't really got no yeah. hands on. You start thinking, you're like, oh, I want, I want, I want a black, I want a black too. And then you're like, you know what? No, see, look what you're doing. You're comparison. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Or shoot, you might even find strength and be like, you know what, girl? Yes, double tap your beautiful, healthy body. Now let me keep on going with my life. Whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, it's just living in the awareness because I think the beauty of awareness is just that. It's like when we were kids and we didn't know that the stove was hot. As soon as we touched it and we figured it out, oh, we lived in that awareness. We knew I'm not walking back past that stove and putting my hand yes. on it. Okay. You know, so it's the same thing when it comes to social media. We touch social media. We get our feelings hurt. It's okay. Maybe I need to take a little break. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to get off social media for a little bit. Or maybe I just need to limit and filter mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. Maybe I don't need to follow this many celebrities whose lives mm. are so far um, from where I am currently yeah. right now. Maybe I don't need to follow people who I am idolizing in a negative way or whatever the case may be so that we can filter um, what it is we're seeing. It doesn't mean you have to stop using it because I know a lot of people who take social media breaks and I'm personally no longer affected by social media as much so I can still utilize it without feeling like, oh my God, I need a break. Um, but those who are taking those breaks, I do not condemn them. Like that is very much a thing that if that is what you need to do, you need to do it. So I think um, I'm super excited to hear that we're all aware of how social media affects us and able to move beyond that. I really like what you said about changing mm-hmm. who you follow. Because that's one thing I had to do when I was like a few years ago when I knew I was addicted to social media. I had to unfollow a lot of people and start following a lot of pages that uplifted me because I was in a really low place and you know I was using social media as my outlet to escape that place and when I kept seeing people winning and winning and winning it only pushed me down further and the only thing that helped me get kind of try to get out of that mindset was unfollowing them and then following these pages that help uplift me and 
take pride in my own voice. So that's that's a very important thing. Like if you was out here and you struggling and you can't put your phone down, like just unfollow the people and they can be mad and in their feelings all day and follow the people that or the pages. Some sometimes it's just a quote page, but follow the people and pages that help you get out of that mm-hmm. negative place. Because that has a big help. Like it really does. Definitely. Now, I just realized that I sent you all a typo in our questions, and I do not want to catch you off guard. So I'm going to give you the question and then give you a moment to think about your answer before we jump right in. Catch but, me off guard. <laughs> but the question was to actually have been worded. How do you believe self-love contributes to a freedom journey? I feel like there's no freedom mm-hmm. without self-love. Yeah. Just similar to what you were saying earlier, like, you need that peace. And Mm -hmm. even with the purpose part, like purpose is part of purpose, self-love, freedom. Those three things all have to happen together. I'm sure there's an order of which they're supposed to happen. Me personally, I can't pinpoint it in this exact moment, but I'm sure I know for a fact they all are connected just because like with self-love, you do have freedom in that. And then with purpose, you, you need the freedom to, to expand in that space. Like freedom is very connected to both self-love and purpose and I feel like self-love on your freedom journey and freedom on your self-love those are those are simultaneous journeys they happen at the same time the more you love yourself the more you're free to be yourself I agree and I think if we were to have to put those three in order I would say it would be self-love then freedom then purpose simply because you have to um, be able to love yourself in order to get rid of the chains of comparison or the chains of um, not knowing your worth. And then once you start walking in that self-love, you can finally be free. And then once you're free, you can actually pursue your purpose because God can't use you when you're bound to something. Ooh, absolutely. Wow. That she said it. Come on, Pastor. One more time. But I think that's the perfect order. And I kind of talked about it earlier, this concept of like your love journey, like like your journey to self-love and your freedom journey being like two parallel streets. And I think when we talk about self-love, another way to do that, or like another way to um, repackage that is to think about self-love as loving God like that's very much our experience with God God created us in his image in his image and he has given us the Holy Spirit for discernment so we very much are um operating simultaneously in in who we are as as God's children so when we realize that and we recognize that um people a lot of people like to talk about who you are and whose you are being simultaneously um aligned with one another and when you think about that there it's like how could you not love yourself when you know that you possess all of the power that God is giving you intentionally and that he has created a plan for you to succeed? Like, how could you not love yourself? If you're creating his image and you know that you look good, how could you not love yourself? Um, if you're, if you have the strength that he's giving you and you possess the strength that he's giving you, how could you fail? It's all of these things that um, kind of hinder our self love that, we can tackle when we know that we were God's children. Like we can identify in him. And I think that's the best part for me in my journey of self-awareness and self-identification. It was like, oh my God, if I identify in him, that gives me so much more strength, which means that I can level myself so much more. And then 
I can also now, like she said, journey toward this, this concept of purpose, because now I know who I am in God and I know what it is he has planned for my life. And now I'm tapping into purpose. So I definitely agree with that, Courtney. That's the yeah. And also to add, um, people always talk about how it's a slap in the face when we mistreat other people or when we hate other people, but we never think about the fact that it's a slap in God's face when we mistreat ourselves or when we hate ourselves, because just like Deshaun is made in God's image, Courtney is also made in God's image. So if I'm not going to mistreat Deshaun, then I shouldn't mistreat Courtney. Mm. Absolutely. Now, I'm super excited about this. I'm going to save our um, tips for self-love for the end so that we can leave our listeners with something tangible to take with them. But I'm super excited for this next moment. So just to kind of tap into a moment of Black history, the phrase Black power was popularized by Stokely Carmichael, and it was a direct attempt to generate pride and love of self in the Black community for the sake of freedom. What are other moments in history that we've seen with similar tactics used to gain freedom from inequality or injustice or whatever the case may be. I would say the pride movement with LGBTQ community. Um, I have several friends, a part of this community. And I mean, I feel like everybody's on the spectrum to some degree. Um, I don't think any, I don't don't think anything is absolute. Like, that's just my, that's been my main phrase for the past, like, maybe year, almost. It's just nothing is absolute. And I feel like, to a degree, we all fall on the spectrum. And I really love how that community, they just embody who they are, like, with shows like Pose, Legendary, even Uncle Clifford off of the paint, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) P-Valley, like. First of all, I just want to shout out my friend Harold. He was robbed. He should have been Uncle Clifford. But anyway, (laughs) like, just stuff like that. Like, they are the true, first of all, the true definition of self-love, in my opinion. Like, if there's any group of people that love who they are and are proud to stand up for whatever they got going on, it's the LGBTQIA plus community. They take the cake for all of that they stand up they march through the streets they have their balls they do their vogues they i love it it's beautiful to watch and it's inspiring it helps me as a black woman feel more prideful and just being black like absolutely i just love it so much and you know they receive so much oppression and it's the intersectional whatever the word is like they get oppression not only from the fact that they're in the community itself but also like let's talk about toxic black masculinity and then like i'm a black trans woman like it's just so much that happens to them but they still stand up wake up and walk in their pride every day and that's inspiring it really is absolutely and they named the movement pride like that right like (laughs) i'm taking pride in who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the way that I love. You know, that is there's something really special about that alone. What about you, Courtney? Um, Anything come I know mind? a lot of people might hear me say this and be like, what? But I'll definitely say the Me Too movement simply because it not only yes. creates a safe space for um, victims of sexual assault to talk about their, their pain and the chains that um, they're 
it caused, but it also creates a space of allyship for those of us who haven't been through that to get to know their stories and to love them and support them. So I think the Me Too movement was definitely a big one for me when it came about. Absolutely. And of course, there is the well-known Black Lives Matter movement. Um, And I think that that phrase there alone um, develops a sense of pride in oneself. Like, my life matters. It it turns around um, the negative that we see in politics and in the media and even in our everyday living um, with our ongoing battle of a system that oppresses us and where we see blatant racism and where we get microaggressions or whatever the case may be. And it in turn flips all of that on its head and says, you know what, my life matters. And you can like as a black person, I feel like I interchangeably can change the word live to like my mental health matters. Um, my sanity matters, like self-love matters, whatever the case may be things that are not often equated with who we are as black people, because I think that's the biggest thing that I've gained from all of that I've been seeing in the media and that we've been experiencing in these past couple of years. I love my generation for standing up and speaking out in ways that are super radical to some of our, you know, some of the older generations who are watching us, but in other ways, it's not far fetched from what some of our ancestors were doing or trying to start. So I think as we look at those things and we start to take pride in who we are and take control, or as I love to say, reclaim our time, um, we get an opportunity to change that and take pride in who we are. So there's, um, something very close to the black power um, movement in that black lives matter statement, that same sense of pride in who we are. Um, I also kind of want to throw in the natural hair movement now that I think about it, because I think (laughs) that I think that that could easily get left out, but it's very much the same thing. Like taking pride in how our hair grows out of our head. Like this is me. This is all me in the most natural format you know this is me with my kinks this is me with a wig this is me with cornrows this is me with purple hair today this is me with blue hair this is me with locks this is me with whatever I decide to do um I think that there's something about the natural movement and like really um diving deep into who we are and taking pride in how we represent ourselves um through our hair so I think that that's another movement that definitely takes on that idea of like taking pride Mm -hmm. and loving on ourselves so my goodness ladies this has been a great conversation amazing dialogue um, and I love to leave our listeners with things that are tangible for them to take with them so I want us to just go ahead before we close out talk about some tips toward journeying towards self-love I would definitely say, which is probably overused, I know I say this a lot, but affirmations. Um, what one my therapist had me do one time was write down all the negative thoughts I had about myself. So like, for instance, if I thought I was ugly, say, I am ugly. And then on the other side of the paper, say, I am not ugly because I am made in God's image. I have no purpose. I do have a purpose because God said so. So write down all the negative things you think about yourself and then kind of counteract them with the positive thing. I love that. I love that too. I'm gonna have to do that. Actually, I'm sitting here like, ooh, let me do that. <laughs> um, 
for me, my tips would be to just, hmm, I don't even know if I have tips. Like, it's a journey for real, for real. Like, prayer is probably the first thing I would say to do because you can't even know who you are until you talk to God. Absolutely. And that's period. You just have to stop and really just pray about, you have to pray to for God to reveal to you who he created you to be. Because in that moment, everything will be made clear. Like when you ask God to show me who I am, because a lot of the time the lack of self-love comes mm. from the lack of knowing self. So if you ask God to show you who you are, baby, you're going to be touching on some whole new stuff. You're going gonna to learn about some tricks and gifts. You didn't even know you had that. Look, let me tell you. <laughs> like, you didn't even know you were supposed to be an instrument yeah. to bring people together, but that's what you do. Absolutely. I think you didn't even know you was a whole evangelist, but that's who you are. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm done. Oh no, no, I don't know. Preach. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying because I had to be told by one of my friends. Like I I used to smoke a lot of weed back in the day. And my friend came up to me. I'm in this group called King's Daughters Connect and we uh host an annual conference or whatever and one of my friends in the conference you know I was there high one day and she was like Jada come here and I was like hi and she was just like you need to stop because you're an evangelist and you need to chill out and I was like stop coming for me she was like no it is messing with your mind and you need your mind to be clear so that you can deliver God's message clearly to other people and you're not mm-hmm. being able to do that right now and that's a problem and I'm like oh I wasn't ready to receive that message, but, like, I'm happy she told me because it stuck with me to this day. Like, and that's another thing. Like, another tip is just listen to the people that are around you. Not listen, listen, but, like, you know when there's a godly person around you who's ready to check you and, like, edify you in the name of love, in the name of God's love. And it hits different because they're telling you the truth about yourself and you know it's the truth. You're just not ready to receive it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, like, I feel like that's probably one of the tips is just to listen, like really listen, pay attention, be aware. God talks to you all kinds of ways. Absolutely. He'd be coming at you all types of ways. He'll come at you from a billboard if you want to get creative, but it's confirmation. I I definitely (laughs) agree. I think that he communicates with me in that manner because that's like, you talked about being a creative. I'm a creative as well. So he definitely talks to me through that language. That's the way that we communicate with one another. So I think that's a very clear way in which he talks to me. And I sometimes am like, my goodness, you couldn't have said it more clear. Okay. <laughs> you know, it'd be hitting your whole chest. And you'd be like, oh, he had to punch me like that. But okay. Yeah, you'd be like, take it back. You'd be like, okay, my bad. Okay, I won't do it again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I think be hurt. I think for me, if I'm talking about like a tangible tip, I'd have to say, spend time with yourself I know it seems so simple like spend time with yourself but it really is that simple like if you can't sit alone with yourself for longer than five minutes or if you feel like you need to pick up your phone or watch tv or talk to somebody or be with people that's not okay like give yourself some time like you mentioned too like doing your hair or doing your nails that's very like you were literally mirroring me back to me that is a lot of what I'll do like during quarantine, I wasn't going to get my nails done. So I ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon and sat down and spent time with myself. And then I learned that I wasn't so bad. And I was like, well, shoot, I might not go back to the nail salon. 
Okay, save that. Money. You know what I'm saying? Save my little twenty dollars <laughs> for a filling. Save my little forty five dollars for a full set. Like I don't have to go do that anymore. Um, and if I want to, then so be it. Um, and I also just was able to learn different things that I loved. Like, believe it or not, this podcast was a gift to me in the middle of quarantine. It was something that I did not think I was capable of. But the more time I spent doing it, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. And I journeyed towards something that I never knew about myself. I didn't know that I was capable of doing this. So that made me love myself even more because it's like, what else do I have going on that I was missing out on because I was spending so much time dibbling and dabbling and moving in the world and not sitting, you know, taking a moment to sit down and understand who I was and what my purpose was and what gifts God had truly given me. So my tip would be spending time with self. So as we close, I want to thank you, Jada, for joining us and taking some time away from the Self-Love Addict podcast to be here on the Freedom Revamp podcast. And the same goes to you, Courtney. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day and schedule to um, speak with me and with Jada on this topic. It truly has been a pleasure. And I am so happy to have done this with you ladies. I couldn't have done it with anyone else. Of course. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I just want to touch on the theater piece. Somebody said they a theater head and me too. I don't know who it was, but me too. And <laughs> yes, this is me. Oh, we live. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say to everybody who's a creative, take a theater class. I don't care which one it is. Take one. It will teach you so much about yourself. They make you dig your, like, one thing about theater is you think it's all about playing other people. Mm-mm. No, you got to ground yourself first. Uh-huh. Then you can talk oh, about other people. Wait. Like, I spent the first half of my uh, semester in my uh, theater one class just laying on the floor, closing my eyes, and putting my mind at ease. Absolutely. And you know how crazy that is for some people? Some people will either hear you've done that or walk into that class (laughs) and be like, what did we just do? Like, why did I do that? That Okay. And I'm like, you missed the point. It's so refreshing. Like, I'm like, grounded now. Where are you at? You're still floating up okay. there. Come down here. <laughs> Literally, that piece that they teach you in those beginner theater, that piece, you will circle back to that in your lifetime. You know how often I lay on the floor, hands on the floor, straight yoga pose, resting, eyes closed, acting as though I'm preparing for a part, but no, really, I'm just putting my mind in peace. Take a theater class if you're a creative. Please do so. It will benefit you. And like that's it. That's what we're doing. Absolutely. Yes. Long where the money was at. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but again, thank you, ladies, so much. Um, but before we go, of course, Jada, I have to have you share with everyone how they can follow you and what you have coming up next. <laughs> Y'all can follow me on the motherfucking own <laughs> on Instagram at the self-love addict, Facebook. Self of the self love addict seven, um, upcoming things. There is episode one design coming out. I do that on my personal page at the life of Jay White. <laughs> Everything is the clearly. Um, <laughs> and wine and design is just a segment I do because I love wine, but I am a brand mm-hmm. designer, so I love design. And I talk to different up and coming brand designers over a glass of wine. Give out some cute wine facts but also some good DIY tips for the DIY designer I know in this crazy world 
when you're starting a small business and you don't really have the capital to pay someone to design your business, you want to do it yourself. So I try to give y'all some quick hacks and tips and just a few things to go by so your brand is not out here looking crazy in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Free game. We love it. We love it. (laughs) So follow me. Follow me. Don't (laughs) follow her. (laughs) And if you're here, I'm assuming you're probably already following our lovely founder and ceo but courtney go ahead yes so i am on instagram and twitter at hayescourt underscore and pretty much all of my links are in my bio so just click that awesome and same goes for me and my information will be down in the box as usual with courtney's and the freedom revamp page but just to reiterate i am shawnee underscore poo on instagram don't know when i'll change it Hopefully my career will take great heights and I'll have to change it, but we'll see. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Maybe I never will. We know. Who knows? Uh, you know what? There right. it is. She just said it's not going to happen. <laughs> y'all heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us as we discuss self-love and the journey of freedom. We would love for you to go ahead, pull out a piece of paper fold that piece of paper in half and I have some homework for you and the homework comes from our founder herself she mentioned writing on one half of the paper what it is you don't like about yourself and then counteracting that with something positive and I would love for you all to take on that task as you journey towards self-love as always remember to practice freedom we love you and we're sending love and light take care